Welcome to Vicious Whispers with Mark Tullius, your source for horror, sci-fi, suspense, and all things violent. Thank you so much for joining me today on Vicious Whispers. In today's episode, I will play a short story from Twisted Reunion. That short story is one of my favorites off of there. It's probably the most one of the most fun to write. That's Mommy's Big Boy. Hopefully you guys enjoyed that one. If you haven't heard it already, it's been an interesting week. Some cool stuff. I definitely, definitely struggled a bit. I think I struggle every week. I think everyone struggles, right? My motto is just get through the day. Like all I got to worry about is today. So like last night I slept like shit. But so I need to think of some ways to make myself feel a little bit better. I got to just get through today. And tomorrow, just get through tomorrow. Make the most of it. Make it a good day. I'm not going to worry about what's happening next week or a month from now or anything like that. I'm not going to worry about shit that's happened before. All I'm going to worry about is today. So today start off, yeah, kind of in a little bit of a funk. Just like, definitely I was angry, terrible night's sleep. But I decided that wasn't going to be how I wanted my day to go. My son ended up staying home. And at first I didn't want that either. Cause I was like, fuck, there's, there's supposed to be a, you know, a writing day for me. I want to get stuff done. That's the kind of stuff going in my head. Plus I want him to go to school, but yeah, he just couldn't do it. So he stayed home and it ended up being incredibly nice. Yeah. He's nine years old. We, we are very close, but it was cool. Every morning he gets up, he comes down and he finds me and he has to sit on my lap. This morning when he came down, I could tell I wasn't feeling good. He just had to sit on my lap. He was watching me do all my work. But then something really cool happened. I just happened to look on a Facebook post. I was offering some free copies, Kindle copies of horror books. If anyone wanted a horror book for Christmas, let me know what it was. And I would give out a couple. And Carla and Emily both wrote on there which book they would like. And so I told my son about both of them. I said, look, I said, these are both readers who review and read all my stuff they've been so encouraging they share they comment they they send nice emails i was like that is pretty awesome so not only is that awesome for an indie author someone that's going to read and review your work you want that that's awesome so on that end but just what it means on a personal level too so thank you to them and so my son was able to see have that i was able to have that conversation tell him how much I appreciated them and why I was giving them this Kindle book, even though they're both $5. And that's usually more than I would spend on a Kindle book. But that's cool because they both deserve it. I was happy to do it. Emily wrote back to me that she was very grateful. She wasn't expecting they got teary-eyed. And then I told her about what happened with my son because that was just such a cool thing because he was sitting on my lap and we were just talking about it. I was like, yeah, I was like, this is this is how we show them like a little thank you. You know, let's give them something and hopefully, you know, they'll and they'll both appreciate it. So I was like, doesn't cost a lot of money. Plus, if it makes their day, it feels good to do it. So I was like, you know what? That's probably a better lesson than anything he would have learned at school today. But, I mean, and he is an awesome teacher. He learns a lot. But also, fourth grade, what he really needed to learn. He's already got all, most of that stuff. I'm not saying I kept him home today because I was a better teacher. I'm just saying that's cool that he got that little lesson. He got to see not only that I was being grateful, but then also a little bit generous. So... That was really cool. Um, another awesome thing that happened earlier in the week. Last week, I think it was, I don't know if I had recorded the podcast yet or what, but I just happened to look on Author Central and I noticed that someone had left, I think it was five reviews of my books over a two-week span. So I was like, damn, that's awesome. Not only that someone's going to read five of my books in a two-week span, that says a lot, 
but then that they're going to take the time to leave a review for it and say how much they liked it. Like that's super awesome. So I just happened to share that. I didn't know who the person was, just the initials JC. I shared a little mention of it with an image of the reviews in my newsletter. And then on Tuesday, JC wrote to me, which was awesome. He told me some stuff about himself, which was super cool. And I told him like, he never has to worry about buying a book from me again. Okay. Readers like that. No, that's, that's awesome. I'm incredibly grateful for that. That's huge. That's incredible to have people like that, that want to read your work that are want to tell other people how much they enjoy it when the writing really speaks to them that much. So I'm incredibly grateful to JC as well. So I haven't heard back from him on which books he wants, but I'm going to send him some print copies, which cost even more than those $5 Kindle copies. So uh, sorry, Emily and Carla, if you feel a little cheated, but I think I've given you both a good amount of print copies. I'm not sure. Anyhow, that's that. I just wanted to touch on that and to say thank you. I wanted to talk about mental health, brain health. I think is a much better term for it. That's one of the things I really stressed in my book, TBI or CTE. You know, not referring it to as mental health, but it's our brain that's misfunctioning. If we look at it as brain health, I think there's less of a stigma. Dr. Amen's book, The End of Mental Illness, is excellent. And that's why I really took on that kind of thinking. It was because I read that book. But yeah, so it's not really our mental health. That makes us feel like we might be crazy. Something's wrong with us. So our brain health is like, okay, yeah, I have another injury. Something's malfunctioning. It is that organ. So mine has improved a lot incredibly. Like I did so much to make mine better, but definitely still... I think just like everyone else, we struggle. I think a lot of people don't talk about it, though. On social media, we could only put out positive stuff, right? I don't have to share any of my vulnerabilities. I never had to write any of these books sharing, like, all the shit that I don't like about myself. It can make my life look wonderful and just incredible. But that wouldn't be really fair. That's not being honest. Overall, I'm thrilled with my life. I'm incredibly grateful. I talked about that, I think, for Thanksgiving one. But, yeah, I definitely still struggle. The definitely... Lots of days, I do not want to make any kind of video. I don't want to make a TikTok video. I don't want to post anything on social media. I just want to be by myself or with my family or creating or trying to get shit done or just dealing with anger or I need to go work out. Like whatever is happening, I don't want to go into it deep. I think I've been over it a bunch. I definitely, I've improved so much. So it's not as a big of a deal to me on a daily basis but yeah it's still like okay how am i going to get through today you know i'm going to do some breathing I'll, I'll concentrate on some stuff i'll i'll go into the cold pool if i really need to to wake my ass up to kind of shock the system i think i'm going to try to get back into that if i feel that things are getting a little more tense and if i'm not reacting to stress as well. That's definitely a big one for me. The more my stress grows up, if I don't have the capacity to deal with it, if I haven't been sleeping that well, if other things have been kind of draining me, then that stress, if it goes over where my limits are, then I'm going to have a hard time. I'm not going to react in a way that I want. I'm going to get angry, upset. It's going to definitely affect other parts of my life. So I have to be very aware of that. One thing that I see a lot of and that I definitely went through when I was first looking at my damage was like, okay, only thinking about the negative. Oh, you know, convinces CTE or something terrible and it's going to lead to this and it's going to be awful and, you know, all that. It's like, there, I think you want to get to the point where like, just accept it. I've done so much better since like, I've accepted like, yeah, 
he's definitely could be in my future. Who knows how I will go out in dementia? Probably. I don't know. Maybe not. Hopefully not with all the stuff I've done. But again, it's just be proactive. So I'm going to do all the things I can or enough things I can to try to prevent that. But then also just, okay, how do I get through the day? What are the best things for me? So what are the best things that are going to improve you? And the earlier I do those things, the better it is. If I wait until later in the day, it's like, well, I just spent all that day kind of angry and upset when I could have done these things that would kind of ease my anxiety or stress or anger or whatever I'm going through. I think it's important not just to bury that and just be like, no, I'm mad. I'm just angry. It's like, well, no, why am I angry? Why am I going through this? doesn't mean it's necessarily going to get better, but then you can kind of like, okay, yeah, you know what? I, I had this and then it was driving and then it was this and then the kid says something and then blah, 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 blah. It's like, and I didn't work out today. So shit, let's go for a walk or let's go, I don't know, do whatever, do whatever helps you. Another thing I have going on that definitely helps a lot. And I always go back and forth on whether or not it's a crutch, whether or not I need it, how much of it is a medicine, how much is whatever, but I smoke a lot of cannabis. I've, and I've been doing that for shit. 2022 damn a long time let's just say a long time so since i was 15 so like yeah 35 years now i point that out not because i think cannabis is the best thing in the world and everyone should do it like if your brain is still developing you definitely shouldn't i don't put my judgments on other people on what is a good use or a bad use or whatever i'm just gonna worry about what i use but i have definitely used a lot of cannabis and i've also got a lot of shit done and I've also been a good father, I would say, and a fairly good husband. So, you know, that old stereotype, like, oh, you know, stoner, you smoke weed, you're an idiot, you're a burnout, you're a loser. It's like, no, I don't think so. No, no, nah, that's that's not the case. That's not what's happening here. If it has slowed down, you know, Dr. Amon's book, which I talked about earlier, in one of the studies that he did, and it was a huge study, so I'm going to believe it, it did show that cannabis lowered, I think, brain volume or something by a certain percentage, It even more so than alcohol, I believe. I don't remember the exact thing, but you can look it up. Or read my book. It's probably in my book, TBI or CT. So there is a negative, but for me, it has, I think, improved my life. And that's one of the tools that I use to, to stay calm, to stay cool. That's when I reassess myself. That's when I'm better able to reflect on my day, on my actions. Generally, after I smoke is when I go and apologize to my family for whatever. I'm like, oh, that's how I've been feeling there. I could improve this. I didn't like this all myself. So I think that kind of self-reflection. And again, I smoke weed all the time. I don't self-reflect all the time. I do a good amount of it, though. But that is one thing that helps me. Anyhow, just wanted to share that. Again, say thank you to everyone that has been a positive influence on my career and just overall on me. That includes Carla, Emily, JC, and everyone else out there helping share my stuff. All right, guys. Thank you so much for listening. If you haven't done so already, please subscribe, share, like. You know how much I appreciate it. So we will leave on this short story, which is narrated by T. Quillen. comes off of Twisted Reunion. This is Mommy's Big Boy. Hope you guys enjoy it. I will talk to you next week. Mommy's Big Boy Stacy held her one-year-old on her lap, cooing and trying to get her boy to say the name of her latest man. 
Say it for Mommy. Come on, Brendan, say Harry. Brendan tilted his head to the side and gazed into his mother's eyes. Babies always look like little drunks, Stacy thought. Brendan's eyes were glossy and trying to focus. Look, he's about to say it, Stacy said. Harry didn't take his eyes off the baseball game, even when he took a sip of his Bud Light. Cool. Come on, Brendan, you know how to talk, she said. One time, say Harry. Brendan's blue eyes sparkled, and a grin spread across his face. Harry! He did it! He did it! He said it! Stacy cheered, bouncing Brendan into the air to celebrate. Harry turned up the television and gulped the rest of his beer. Stacy saw she'd been annoying him again, apologized for being too loud. I'm going to put him to bed. It's early, but maybe we could have some alone time. Harry actually glanced over at her. That don't sound too bad. Harry used the remote control to scratch the side of his neck. All right. I won't be long. Stacy stood with Brendan. Who's Mommy's big boy? Stacy gently tossed her little guy in her hands. Are you ready for bed? Brendan shook his head and used sign language to say that he was hungry. Stacy had taught him how to do it after watching a rerun of Oprah. Brendan had taken to it quickly. It gave him a voice, and Stacy liked that. Just now wasn't the time. No, you don't need to eat. It's time to go to bed. I'll feed you in the morning. Brendan squirmed and squealed, trying to wiggle out of her hands. Stacy had to sit back down to catch him. Before she could control him, he turned sideways and positioned himself under her breast. Stacy laughed as Brendan tried to lift her shirt. Quit it, quit it, Brendan! Brendan screamed when she held down her top. His scream grew louder. The hell's he crying about? Harry asked. He wants me to feed him. Give him a bottle if it'll shut him up. No, no, look at him. He, he, he wants me to feed him. Harry waited for the commercial before turning around. That's disgusting. I don't want to see that. It's perfectly natural. I don't care. I can't handle the thought of some kid sucking on your tits. Well, it's not like that. It's no big deal. Yeah, it is. It's gross. Don't ever do that around me. Don't ever talk about it. He turned back to the TV. And get him to shut up. Little fucker's giving me a goddamn headache. I'm sorry, Stacy said both to Brendan and Harry. She got out of the chair and walked Brendan to the bedroom. I'll put him to bed. I'll be back in a minute. Stacy laid Brendan in his crib, but in no time he was up on his feet rattling the top railing. He continued to scream. She gave his cheek a gentle squeeze and smoothed his fine blonde hair. I'm so sorry, Brendan. Mommy's sorry. Just do this for me. I wish you could understand. Harry's not a bad guy, and, and I want to keep him around for a bit. But he won't stick if you keep on crying like that. He'll like you. I swear it. Oh, baby, please stop crying, will you? I need you to go to bed, sweetheart, please. Brendan unleashed an ear-piercing shriek. I'm sorry, honey. Stacy forced herself away from the crib. You need to go to bed. I'll see you in the morning. Before she changed her mind and picked up her screaming baby from the crib, Stacy walked from the room, leaving the door open an inch so she could peek in later without waking him. When she returned to the living room, she heard Brendan wailing over the baby monitor positioned next to the television.
Harry glared at her, and then the monitor. Come on, Stace, I gotta listen to this? Are you serious? Stacy grabbed the monitor and lowered the volume. I'm sorry, I forgot about it. Harry turned up the television. I can still hear him. Well, I need to leave it on. This is so I can hear him. I don't buy that. What about all the babies that came before those stupid things came out? They all came out fine. I mean, my mom didn't have one of those things. It makes me feel better. She sat on the couch, lowered the monitor so she could barely hear Brendan's cries over the baseball game. Does that little bastard always scream like that? Stacy winced. The funny thing is, he never used to, even right after his dad died. It wasn't until last week that he started throwing these tantrums. Brendan's dad had passed eight months earlier. He and Stacy had already planned on splitting, but it still tore her up to think about his death. Harry shrugged his shoulders and returned his attention to the game. Probably does it because you baby him too much. Treat him like a man, or he'll grow up to be a damn sissy. He's only one. Put him on a schedule and don't treat him like he's helpless. He'll stop crying, trust me. You're probably right. I am. He clicked off the game, which ended with the Tigers winning by three. So now that he's in bed, how about showing me some attention? I'd love to. She hurried over and sat on his lap. Harry looked down and noticed the monitor in her hands. What about that alone time you were talking about? She had left the door cracked and promised herself she'd keep one ear listening for Brendan. There, it's off. She kissed him on the cheek and set the monitor on the coffee table. How's that? That's a start. Harry pushed Stacy off his lap so he could dig into his jeans pocket. He held up a plastic baggie. I brought us a little snack. A pile of shriveled brown objects sat at the bottom of the bag. What are those? Mushrooms. Ever tried them? Mushrooms? No way. Never? You, you have no idea what you're missing out on. Stacy's cousin had tried to get her to take them in high school, but one taste had nearly made her puke, and she'd spit it out. She tried pulling Harry to his feet. We don't need that to have a good time. Come on, I'll show you. Harry pulled away from her grasp, but kept eye contact. Oh, just try one. It'll bring us closer. You gotta try it. But what about Brendan? He's asleep. Harry slid his arm up Stacy's forearm, gave her goosebumps. What if he wakes and needs me? And what about nursing him? Can, can it mess up my milk? Harry yanked his hand away. God damn it, Stacy, what did I say about that crap? He's a boy, not a damn glass figurine. I don't want to do anything that can hurt him. Harry opened the bag and placed two of the shrunken mushrooms on his palm. It's fine. He placed one in his mouth and held the other out to her. They've done all kinds of tests on it. You mean studies? Yeah, that's what I said. He surprised her and stuck the other mushroom in her mouth. Just take it. Stacy was about to spit it out, but then Harry said, You were the one that said you wanted to keep me around a bit, that I wasn't so bad. Stacy was going to deny it, but he pulled her into his chest. He stroked her cheek, forced her mouth closed. There you go. That's good. Just chew it up and relax. You deserve this. 
Here, lie down on the floor. Here, let me, let me just put this down. Harry spread a blanket over the worn carpet and flipped on the radio. We'll just relax and watch some music for a while. That's right. Just come down here and get comfortable. Stacy stopped chewing the nasty stem, lay on her back, and stared up at the ceiling. Nothing happened for a while. But then everything began to spin. Harry just kept stroking her arm, telling her to relax. He crawled on top of her, slid his jeans past his knees. She woke a few minutes later, or was it hours, to the sound of a salesman announcing the best deals at Pete's Pontiac. Still half asleep, she blocked out the radio ad, rolled onto her side, and spooned Harry's sleeping body. She saw movement in her peripheral vision. Through blurry eyes, Stacy saw Brendan standing next to Harry's head. Brendan was struggling to hold a potted plant. He lifted the pot into the air and took a step closer to Harry's head. Stacy cried out for Brendan to set the pot down. He turned his head so fast that he lost his balance and fell onto his side, the pot breaking on the floor. Brendan got to his feet and shoved his finger against his tiny lips. Not a word, bitch, he said, and ran toward his room, his little legs struggling to balance his chubby body. Stacy told herself she was hallucinating. She closed her eyes and drifted off again. Brendan's high-pitched screams and an eyeful of warm sunshine woke Stacy from her deep sleep. The clock told her it was already past seven o'clock. Brendan always ate by five-thirty, six at the latest. No wonder he was screaming bloody murder. Although her head was pounding and her lower back was killing her, Stacy picked herself up off the floor. She hurried to Brendan's room, afraid the baby's cries would wake Harry, who was still sprawled naked on the floor. Brendan stopped crying and smiled at her. As she went to pick him up, Stacy bumped into the tiny chair someone had placed next to the crib. Using the bottom of her shirt, she wiped the tears from his eyes and the snot from his lip. Hush, big boy. Mama's here. I'm sorry, Brendan. You must be starving. Brendan smiled and gestured in sign language that he wanted to eat. She sat on the rocking chair and pulled up her shirt so he could feed. She was just thinking back to her crazy dream of Brendan holding the potted plant when Brendan bit down on her nipple. Ow! What are you doing? Stacy pulled him away from her and stood him on her lap. Don't bite! That hurt, Mommy! Brendan shook his oversized head and stared disapprovingly at her and clearly said, How about you wash your tits after letting that scumbag slobber all over them? If I wanted to taste shitty beer and stale cigarettes, I'd ask you to kiss me. Stacy held him at arm's length. It took a few seconds to find any words, but when she did, she screamed for Harry. Brendan smiled as Harry crashed about the living room, yelled for her to calm down. Harry appeared in the doorway, looking worse than Stacy felt. What the hell, what the hell is it? Stacy kept Brendan at arm's length. It's, it's him! He talked! You woke me up because of that? No, no, she cried. You don't understand. He talked like an adult. He had a man's voice and, and was so mean. This, this isn't my son.
Harry looked at the smiling baby and back at Stacy. You're out of your damn mind. It's just the shrooms. No, no, I was feeding him, and, and, and he bit me. He said, what did I say about that? I told you not to mention that crap. I'm sorry, but... Before Harry could interrupt her, she said, he bit me and said my boob tasted like beer and cigarettes. Harry laughed and slapped his thigh. <laughs> Jesus, Stacy, you're still tripping. Put the kid in the crib. You need to get your head straight. You think it's the mushrooms? I'm, I'm, I'm still high. What do you think, Brainiac? Come on, put him down and fix me some breakfast. It'll make you feel better. Harry left the room and said, Wake me when it's ready. I want eggs. Stacy set Brendan in the crib and stepped back. She studied her giggling boy and felt disgusted with herself. He was so adorable, and he couldn't speak. He was one, and she was high. She bent down to nuzzle her son's cheek, whispered his name lovingly. A sick grin spread across his face. Why are we whispering? Stacy stifled a scream, reminded herself that she was still experiencing the drugs. She looked at the chair next to the crib. Did you get out of your crib last night? Brendan nodded. And you aren't going to say a word, are you, Mommy? His voice was so deep. Stacy gasped and pinched herself, hoping the pain would snap her out of this horrific illusion. When it didn't, she said, What were you trying to do? Let's just say <laughs> the prick got lucky. If it weren't for these fat baby fingers, his brain would have been mush. Harry? What now? he asked from the other room. He's doing it again. Get out of there, Stace, Harry ordered. You're tripping. Drink some water and fix some goddamn eggs. And don't make them all runny. Brendan waved a mocking goodbye as Stacy backed out of the room. In the living room, she noticed the pot, cracked and on its side next to where Harry had been sleeping. Oh my God, the pot. Relax. Harry covered his face with the blanket to hide from the morning sunshine. I think I kicked it over when I got up. I mean, it's your fault, though. You scared the crap out of me when you yelled like that. Y you, you broke it? Who cares? The thing was ugly anyway. Go buy a new one if it bothers you so much. Stacy wanted to tell Harry about her dream, but it would only upset him even more. Instead, she did as she was told and cooked breakfast. The sunlight was intense, but she felt like she was regaining some sobriety. After she slid the plate of fried eggs in front of Harry, Stacy took a bottle of milk to Brendan's room. She was relieved to see he was curled up under his blanket. Stacy walked to the crib and set the bottle on the nightstand. She was about to pull the blanket down when she heard a noise behind her and whipped around. Brendan was a few feet away trying to pick up a pair of scissors from the floor. Before he could cut himself, Stacy snatched the sewing scissors and set them on the cabinet. She turned back to her son, who cursed under his breath, looking down at his hands. Stupid goddamn fingers, he said. Keeping one eye on Brendan, Stacy lifted the blanket and saw the pillow underneath it. What were you trying to do, Brendan? Her voice shook. Let's just say we'll call you lucky this time.
Stacy picked Brendan up, holding him as far away as possible, and took him into the living room. She set him in front of Harry and said, Please watch him for a minute. I need to take a bath. I, I don't feel good at all. My mind's all screwed up. When is this stuff going to wear off? You can't worry about it. If you panic, it'll only make things worse. Hurry up and take a bath. I'll watch him. Thanks, Harry. I owe you. With his back to Harry, Brendan put his fist in front of his O-shaped mouth and rapidly jerked it up and down, showing Stacy he knew how she'd repay her boyfriend. She pretended she didn't see the obscene gesture and ran off to the bathroom. After setting the radio on the ledge and turning on an easy listening station, she eased into the warm water and tried to relax. She promised God that she would never again take drugs. She begged him to cleanse her mind, take away the evil thoughts. She loved Brendan and hated herself for thinking such terrible things about him. Stacy had been in the bath for quite some time when there was a low knock on the door. I'll, I'll be out in a minute, Harry. The knocking persisted. Is everything okay? Brendan's not causing too much trouble, is he? The doorknob turned back and forth. Finally, the catch released, and the door pushed open. And there was Brendan, standing on top of his rock-and-roll tigger. Brendan had opened the door before, doing this very thing. But his sick smile told her the drugs were still coursing through her mind. He got down on his knees and backed off the toy, carefully easing one leg down, and then the other so he didn't lose his balance. Before he turned toward her, he picked up his favorite red ball in his right hand, and something else in his left. Did you want to play catch? She looked around the bathroom, actually thinking about what she could use as a weapon before scolding herself. He's your son. Jesus, get it together, Stacy. She held her hands in front of her. Want to throw it to Mommy? Wouldn't Harry play with you? Brendan stepped into the bathroom, his left hand behind his back, his right clutching the red ball. Oh, don't worry about him. That motherfucker got what he deserved. What? Brendan smiled and moved closer to the tub. I made a joke. Get it? Your mommy. Brendan could barely control his giggles. <laughs> and he's screwing you. <laughs> Mofo. <laughs> Brendan, stop this right now. I love you, but you need to listen to me. Brendan bounced the ball up and down on his palm, his dexterity much improved. You treat that loser better than your own son. What kind of mom does that? I'm sorry, honey. It's just that mommy's getting older and, 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 it's, and it's hard to find a decent man. You are getting old. And Harry was probably the best you'll ever get. I think I like my chances of getting a foster family. With my angelic face and adorable smile, I'll be picked up quick. Maybe I'll have a proper house, some decent threads. He tugged at the zipper of his ratty sleeper. Ah, these Salvation Army rags aren't flying. Brendan, I'm a good mom. You named me Brendan for Christ's sakes. You want me to be some sissy boy? Don't say that. Your father named you. Oh, what a great guy Daddy was, shaking the crap out of me every night. No, no, he didn't. You know what else he didn't do? 
he didn't commit suicide on the bed. I'm dreaming. Stacy closed her eyes and shook her head. This isn't real. He showed her the fist he'd been holding behind his back. Is this real? Stacy stared at Harry's eyeball and screamed. Brendan tossed the bloody orb into the tub. His whole body shook with laughter as his mom slapped it away from her. <laughs> Don't worry, Brendan said. Harry doesn't need it. Stacy struggled to stand in the tub, waiting for his next move. He threw the ball at her. Stacy moved to her right and then saw the malicious sparkle in Brendan's eyes, realized too late what he'd been aiming for. The radio wobbled on the edge of the counter and fell toward the water before Stacy could leap from the tub. The electricity paralyzed her, and Stacy's eyes fixed on her big boy.